Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology of webmasterradio.fm. It's the, uh, oh my goodness, of November 2020. The uh, 5th of November 2020, two days after the um, American election, <laughs> Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and... Um, why don't we just like shoot the donkey, the big donkey and elephant in the room right now and get this over with. We have to talk about this. It's happening. It's taking all the oxygen out of everything that's happening in the world right now. Um, Google had an update. No, the, the, the election's on. <laughs> um, it's two days after the polls closed. Um, and, uh, we still don't know the uh, 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 winner of the American election. And I don't know about you, Dave. I mean, like, like uh, for me, it's just wonking everything, every interaction I have with people, every meeting I have. It's just like the world is sitting on pins and needles. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is interesting. Um, and I, I know, like, I, I, of course, stayed up to watch. Right. And then it sort of hit a, a little bit in and I'm like, but wait. I can't stay up till Friday, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, no what am I staying up for, right? Like it sort of hits eleven o'clock, and I'm like, I, I'm not gonna stay up until like for another three or four days. So let's just let's just go to bed. I, I do uh, got to tell you, if you did stay up and try to watch uh, uh, CNN, MSNBC, or any of the channels uh, overnight, like 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 I stupidly did, you got one of the best microgeography lessons ever. I can, I, I can tell you about little <laughs> corners of uh, the state of Pennsylvania, tiny, tiny little slivers of Georgia. I know all about them. Like yeah. everything there is to know about them, I know about them now. And I am going to go to my grave with this useless knowledge in my head, and it hurts. <laughs> it's oh, reminding me a lot of the 2000 election. I'm sure it reminds you a lot of it too, right? Like the hanging chads in Florida. Control. Well, yeah, I just really hope that this doesn't go to the uh, 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 the Supreme Court and end that way. I hope we have a definite uh, decision made by the voters of America one way or the other. Um, nothing that goes to the courts. I, I hope that the, that the people uh, can speak. Um, and there, there have been there have been some some serious standouts. Um, uh, King over at CNN, uh, Kornacki over at uh, MSNBC. The uh, I swear to goodness, if you if you have the drinking game going and you're watching <laughs> CNN, the, the, the one thing you need to have is every time somebody says the word "wolf" with in a serious tone, because I mean nobody nobody except people on CNN say the word "wolf" seriously. Um, Siberians do, and people on CNN, but otherwise, no one says the word "wolf" seriously. So whenever they do, you got to take a drink. I don't think this is healthy for me. <laughs> okay, let's talk. Okay, we're done. We should we should really talk about search engines and stuff. The election is. Uh, we will probably not be talking about it at this time next week, 
But I do remember saying at this time last week that we wouldn't know at this time this yeah. week. And then that was the only thing I've been right about the whole time. Damn it. So um, a lot happened out in the search world while nobody was paying attention and all paying attention to the election. Um, one of the one of the things I found I found uh, most fun is the uh, search world's realization that Deep Rank is Bert. It's like it's like it's like watching Scooby Doo when somebody pulls the mask off and goes, "Oh, it's Bert." <laughs> That's a great great analogy right there. I've yeah. been up, I've been up for like twenty four hours. Eh? <laughs> well, and, and it is interesting because there were a bunch of rumors about this Deep Rank going around and would it roll out and this and that and then just one of those like no it it did it was it was back there <laughs> it's like oh okay so as it turns out people at google um call bert deep rank because uh bert the uh language loving artificial intelligence um is a well it's it's, it's obviously more than a filter um it its output or its understanding of language is now a component informing all the the the, the results of all queries um, at 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 Google. And you know, I was waiting for a Google result, but as it turns out, the Republicans filed a lawsuit, so it's going to be delayed for a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, that one just so fell out of my head. <laughs> um, it was Bert's fault. Well, if you can't, um, you need somebody to blame. The world needs a scapegoat. And it's Bert. Um, no, I mean, I, I think that's, it's sort of one of those, like, it's interesting. It's a reminder because it's, it's sort of, it's almost not news, but at the same time, it's a reminder that what we think we know is often just not accurate, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, Barry talked about that when, when I had a chance to, to interview him at, at State of Search, sort of, right? Like this, and we talked about that last week. This, like, the way you think things work, that's not the way it works, um, and you know, it, it, this is just one of those cases where we all thought a thing because we were misinterpreting something that we thought we knew. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it's that danger because we thought, and this is the real weakness in it. We thought we knew. And when you think, you know, something that's a very, very dangerous thing. If it turns out to be wrong. Uh, now in this case, it didn't, and it was clarified and that's fine. There was no, no harm done on that, but you have to wonder how often, is this just an example of things that we think we know? Like, no. <laughs> okay, well, it's actually true. To, to, to be really clear about this, I know that I think, that I hope, that um, Bert really is applied to all searches. Because, like, like we said a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that seems to be happening in, in, in the search environment right now is we're beginning to figure out how the new Google is working, right? I'm beginning to I'm beginning to feel a lot more confident in um, looking forward to how I think Google is going to be positioning itself or positioning um, the content inside of its index moving into like you know looking forward five years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, as an SEO, you should always try to imagine where Google wants us to be in a few months, six mm-hmm. months, a year down the road. And that's what we're optimizing for, because that's how long it's going to get any damn thing done anyway. <laughs> um, especially with the way these results are being tabulated, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, like, like if, if, you, if you work with large websites, if you, and increasingly many of us are working outsourcing with, with like, uh, large companies, 
you got to be thinking months in advance. And I'm not trying to be cynical because honestly, that's how long it takes to get things done. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Like right now, if somebody called me and said, I need to be ranking for Christmas, I'd be like, no, no, (laughs) that's that's not going to happen. That's when paid search comes in, right? Like that's that's what that's for. Um, so no, you're 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 100 percent um, right on there. But something I, I find it interesting, and I'm starting to understand a very googly mentality now. When they first started saying this, and it was like Matt cuts, I, I was like, "You're full of it, Matt." Like I get why you have to say that. It's a very googly answer, but I, I can hear them right now when we're starting to dive into this stuff and almost going, "Why does it matter?" Right? Like. Is Bert in all? Is Bert in doing this? Is Bert doing that? Why does it matter? You understand the direction we're going. You understand what you need to build to do it. Now, I understand that there is a difference. Like when we know passages are coming out, that fundamentally changes how I'm going to be talking about page structures, right? Things like that. It, it does. But I think a lot of these things on a big scale is, is Bert in everything? And I that got me wondering, is it over in news search? Is it impacting image search? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it does it matter? Because if I just stick to the plan, right? Because you point mm-hmm. out, it's going to take months to get there. It might take years for some things. What I see right now is different then, but I can see where they're going, <laughs> right? I can see what they're trying to do. Well, and the point you were, you were making, if I stick to the plan, if I like, if I site, I, uh, I, uh, uh, distribute distribute the content and get links back for it you're going to succeed that's yeah. it's it's a machine and it works that way well and i know i used to roll my eye and this is just like cocky dave at like i don't know in his like late 20s early 30s and your good friend and mine jill whalen would talk about content <laughs> right I'd, I'd see her speaking at you know a conference and be like just write good content and write this it was very very little about and listeners don't pay attention to this. Regular listeners, you'll have heard me say this before, but at the time that I was listening to her talk, keyword density was a thing, but you'd never hear her talk about it. She was always just talking about content in this way. If she stuck to her plan and she did, it worked, right? Like it ended up working because she wrote for humans and Google caught up. Now at the time I was, you know, a cocky SEO going, no, 3.5%. Like <laughs> That's the density you need to hit. I don't care how it reads because it's irrelevant if Google doesn't doesn't send traffic there right like, i mean but that was I, just cocky me but i don't know this is a little i mean secret about about jill is she had her style and her style happens to be um that just machine conversational yeah. um <laughs> and it worked um jill was very plain speaking in in her writing right. um and and often in her speaking and uh and yeah i think i think that that uh clarity works always has it, it does and a lot of her strategy naturally would have made sense i just like the math of it and so i looked at that and i'm like that doesn't work but she was right i remember one of the things she would say is well the word that a person is searching use it on the page because you know they're comfortable with it yeah yeah, yeah that's right like that's good advice so don't go for 3.5 percent keyword density use the word on the page in a way that makes sense for the user and then remind them of what they're looking for throughout the page all right, you're kind of doing keyword density in your own way there, right? <laughs> but, but you're focused on the user and readability. Well, and the end of the day, that's what keyword research is all about, trying to figure out when you're saying when you're saying blue widgets, how many ways are people referring to the color blue or the object widget? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
your job is to anticipate that. And that's what the research is all about. Indeed. Indeed. I don't know how we got here from deep rank. That's interesting. Like, well, because it's language. And then that's why it's important to know that, that, that Bert is deep rank and is likely applied to uh, all facets of at least what we see as web search. Yeah. I'm not so sure about, about news search, although I, I, I think it must be dabbling in there for some reason or another. Although not necessarily the reasons we think. <laughs> um, right. But come on, I mean, if you were if you were a Google engineer, wouldn't you want to release the most complicated language understanding AI that you know to exist on the news? I would. Yeah, <laughs> would yeah. Be, yeah um, absolutely. The one area that I think Bert may fall down on there, not that Bert, Bert would do an ex, like a fantastic job, I'm sure, where I think they might hit problems in, in deployment to Bert into news. And it's why it was one of the first ones I thought of is the first important thing about news is to get it out fast yeah and bert takes extra processing right so i wonder if they have like a filter that goes in first known good and then okay we'll process this after and find out if it actually is what we think it is sort of like a two-stage we'll show this first but then we've got our like half an hour older news that has been processed properly but but bottom line knowing how to uh write for and anticipate or yeah, uh, figure out by using a, a tool like InLinks, um, the relationships between uh, terms, ideas, objects, or you know, you know, entities on page. That's key to uh, keeping Deep Break happy, mm-hmm. or Bert, as he as he tends to be known to his friends. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, well, let's stick with Bert as we head forward, because um, <laughs> it is a more a more friendly name. Um, one of the stories that I have been just absolutely fascinated about um, this week, and it's only you know two days old, uh, no, a day old, um, is um, and and you you'd shared it in the feed, but I, I'd seen it. It's a great one. It's the um, over on Search Engine Roundtable. Google goes deep on dupe detection and canonicalization. Yay! Um, the 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 story um, the story over there and the conversation with Martin Split, and um, I, I found that to just be. As I was not expecting to learn much, I'll be honest. I, I was like reading that, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Um, but what they're what they're sort of covering, and and for listeners, it is important. If you go through your search console and you look at your coverage reports, you're going to see where Google's decided canonicals. They may disagree with your own canonical selection, or they might go, "This grouping of pages is is." being canonical right like that this page is canonical over here if you if you look through and sort of went which ones are um you know not indexed right crawled not indexed kind of kind of thing and you'll see that oh, okay they've defined the canonical as as a different one happens a lot um, on sites especially if you have you know parameters and, and things like that filter parameters and, and those sorts of things often they do a great job often they don't um and it was really really fascinating to read about the the structure that goes down and and sort of the visual of there's these pages operating as a group right and that they're just picking one basically i haven't heard a googler go page rank we use page rank but martin did um (laughs) i went like and often it would just be by page rank right like that, that we'll just like pick the lead page based on you know basically link flow um internal and external that's leading the page rank that's the one that wins i've seen a lot of cases where they picked wrong um, and that actually kind of ties into another story we're talking about where they're picking home pages over properly uh, 
you know, properly canonicalized, canonicalized. and and, uh, and indicated internal pages. Yeah, I- exactly. Um, but it, this is just one of those like really, really interesting um, sort of scenarios. I, I, I can't recommend to, to read it enough. It, it was a really, really enlightening way of understanding not just the canonicalization and dupe detection, um, but I, I, I just, I know I, I've got problems in my head that I've seen in the coverage reports that I'm challenging now, but I've been challenging, you know, similar ones for, for, at various points in time where Google is picking wrong and having this visual, this understanding of the mechanics behind what it is, is very, very useful. Yeah. I think this is more than a, here's what we're doing piece. This is almost bordering on, it doesn't quite get there because they never give away the secret sauce, but it's almost bordering on a, how we do it article, which is really important for us to know as SEOs because like here are X number of signals why this happens. Um, and the other reason I think this is a really important article is for SEOs who've been spending a little bit too much time in Search Console, you're not crazy. Google <laughs> really was seeing this stuff. Um, um, well, indeed, uh, one of the, the comments that I found really, really interesting, too, that came out of it, because when it's talking about how do you pick, was the, we use over 20 signals. I, I don't know that I've ever heard them go this. Now, that could be 184,000, right, is over 20. But I assume that it's like a couple dozen, <laughs> like, is, is what they're saying. And we know page rank is, is one of them that they select. Um, but I, I found that interesting, too, where they're like, okay. And they refer to them internally, apparently, as a dupe cluster, right? That this is a cluster of pages that all are duplicates of, of a master page. That master page will be selected based on about 20 different no. signals remembering that Google by nature is going to see a couple of versions of the page. Mm-hmm. I mean, Google, Google has to perceive the, uh, HD, the, uh, not the WWW non WW version, for instance, mm-hmm. it has to perceive it. It just decides which is the correct one to build the structure around. Right. Um, today in somebody's, um, in someone's search console, I do hope you all are listening. I came across, uh, an HTTP and HTTPS version, a www and a non-www version, all of the same uh, domain. First time I'd I'd, I'd seen the, uh, the 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 Search Console account, and um, that's old school. Indeed, <laughs> eh? <laughs> um, so Google perceives Google is going to perceive duplicate content by its very nature. This is why it's it's said specifically, pointed out to us. Tell us what you want us to, to be the the yeah. core of your information tree and we'll build around that unless it perceives a better way to do it. Right. right. And um, I had seen a lot of that. And those are really, really frustrating where you're like, I told you, but I told you what to do here. But what I'm taking from this, and, and this is a, a great sort of realization and in some ways a confirmation of what you naturally would think, but in some ways not, is if you see Google doing the wrong thing, what you have to think to yourself is there's about 20 signals they're using. Something you're doing in your site structure is wrong, right? Like yeah. if Google's picking the wrong canonical, something you're doing is sending a signal that is telling them that's the right one. So what is that? What, what is it that you are doing? Because you might be wasting page rank flow on the wrong page somewhere, right? Like, oh, okay, well, if they're using page rank and this one's ranking, maybe I should be pointing it. Well, dude, yeah, most most certainly. When, when, when Google does something out of the ordinary, um, or it points out, it it, it it picks something out of the ordinary that you wouldn't expect, mm-hmm. 
it's often not Google making the mistake. It's often Google trying to find a way to correct your mistake. Right. Or and mistake not doing it perceives. well. So, so it's an indicator that there's something you, you need to look at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, again, for our listeners, SE Roundtable. Thanks, Barry. We need to get his name out there at least yeah. once a show. Oh, so the, here this, we are. Is, this is his article, too. It's, That's right. It's his article. Um, so, yeah, head over. Give it a read. It's it's it's. Really, I, I don't view a lot of reading as fascinating, but this I, I, I viewed as, as quite fascinating and, and very, very telling. Yeah, it's up there. Okay, we got we to gotta take a break um, on, on Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davies from B-Song Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedges from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on the 5th of November, 2020. Hold on tight. More election to come after these messages. tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. 
With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Take your hat off, kick your feet up, and log into the feed. We're here for you 24-7. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 5th of November, 2020. It's uh, two days after the um, uh, American election on November 3rd, 2020. We still don't know the winner of the uh, election. That's so damn 2020. And speaking of things that are so damn 2020, do you do you, do you still have a whole uh, 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 WordPress at one time was like the most popular uh, uh, content management system on the web. I think it had to be about like 40 some odd, maybe almost 50 percent of all websites out there were built on the WordPress platform. Mm-hmm. It feels I don't know. I mean, this is just complete anecdotal evidence. I haven't worked on a WordPress site in about three months. Um. And I know that they're still out there. I just, I just, it's just probably fluke, but one hasn't come my way. Um, I've been working on a number of other different platforms, but WordPress is not among them. Is it, are you have? Is, is that just me? Are you having an experience like that? Um, no. No. no okay. I, I've cool. got, well, you know what? Actually, that that it's it's interesting timing to ask that. I, as a percentage of total number of clients, it is going down. So to your it point, it really feels I, we, that way. We do still have a lot, but um, we've broken into a niche sector that has its own um, sort of grouping of CMS providers that are inherent in the e-commerce infrastructure that are, are sort of ecosystem that they're that well, they're in. Well, so, I think that, and I think that's just it. It's, it's the large e-commerce um, players that are you know rising to the SEO challenge right now, um, and I think that's where our client base has moved to. Yeah. Um, and WordPress, I mean, let's face it, um, once you get over a certain number of items, you don't want to be using WooCommerce, right? right. Um, and I do okay. have a client moving to Shopify right now for exactly that reason. That is such a so. fun adventure. Like, seriously, that honest, I, I, I love Shopify. That is such a fun adventure. It's hard as hell. It, fortunately, I'm like, oh, good. I manage your paid search campaigns. <laughs> so I do not have to care about most of what I mean, obviously I, I do care and I do provide some sort of like feedback on stuff and I've been sort of like helping them through a little bit on funds like, don't forget to do this. Um, you know, for somebody who might be going, Hey, I'm moving to Shopify. Here's a little pro tip. Pick a time that really does not matter. Cause he's going to have to switch during yeah. a high season. And so we picked a low season and we changed his entire URL structure in WordPress to be what it was going to be. In Shopify, because Shopify has very specific. Oh, that's things. smart. And we took the hit early, um, rather than going. Okay, we're going to take a two, three week hit, you know, during your peak season. So anyway, just a- if you're using WordPress, um, be advised you might have a problem because this is 2020. I just honest. Okay, so back in August 2020, WordPress 5.5 rolled out and um, broke stuff. A lot of stuff. Um, 
jQuery migrate plugin uh, failed with uh, 5.5, and the same plugin is going to be absolutely useless when 5.6 rolls out in December 2020. Um, WordPress and uh, jQuery apparently don't get along so well. And again, WordPress 5.6 is going to break um, jQuery. So, uh, you know, your website depends on animation, your website depends on certain forms. Um, you might have a problem, you might have a serious problem. Okay. That's a good, I guess it's okay. I guess it's good that we know in advance. <laughs> forewarned, hey, forewarned, foreknowledge. Uh, you know this ahead of time. You can prepare for it. Check out Search Engine, Search Engine Journal today. Uh, again, November the 5th. Um, Roger Monty covers it. And uh, if you're running a WordPress site, uh, just be aware. Um, certain themes are probably going to break. They're, they're saying this straight up. This is going to happen. Yeah, what... Um just for, for folks who, who might be worried about this um, because there's actually a, a solution that I've, I've started, started doing um, fairly regularly. Um, and I started doing it when some of our clients started having working with hosting companies that do auto updating plugins. And we all know mm -hmm. that can, that can break stuff. Um, so if you're worried about your site breaking, you can go with free. We, we, I would suggest paid for, for like agencies and stuff like that. Get an account with Visual Ping or a similar service. I just use Visual Ping. Um, but you can actually grab a chunk of the page and go monitor this page for change. So pick your contact forms. Pick some core things that don't ever change on your site and set them up to monitor. And then if WordPress Fs up those things, <laughs> like the, the core, there's core things. You're like, if a plugin, an auto update plugin is gonna break something, what's it gonna break? It's gonna break your, your, your structure. It's gonna break your forms. It's gonna break, like there's some core things that's gonna break. So don't pick something that actually does change all the time, like your homepage of your blog, right? Like that, that would be silly, but pick some core elements that you are pretty sure would break. You can read through Roger's article and go, okay, I want to make sure I'm monitoring those things and then just set it up for tracking. And then you can go, whenever this happens, it'll be, at least I'll know, I'll know what broke. Right. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, so you're, so you're not sitting there. So, so embarrassed for so long. Right. And then finding out, yeah. When you get an email from somebody or one of your friends as happened to me kind of recently where one of your friends makes fun of you because they saw it on your site before you did. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, it's not good. Um, funny. I'm glad it was a friend, but still. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for the notice. I actually didn't know that. So thank you for sharing, Jim. Seems to me I'm having a problem speaking. Oh, there you are. There. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, remote work, remote work friends. Um, you have a, how many tool sets do you think you use in a day? This, you know I'm asking a leading question on yeah, purpose, eh? I, I, I do. Um, I would guess... Oof, I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> so, How many do I'm, you I'm think count, you use in a day? I, I would guess in a, any given day, yeah, yeah, I'd probably use five to seven. In a given week, I'd probably use 10 to 12. Okay. Now, if I was to ask the question a different way, you might, uh, it, when I saw this article, it really made me think, and I had to ask myself these questions. Um, I think I use like three, maybe four tools, every different tools religiously every day. Right. 
as it turns out, STOs on average have about five tools in their tool set, but they only use one of them or two of them a day. They don't actually don't use the tools that they're paying for. Right. Um, in a study done by SEO Roundtable, of course, um, uh, by then Adela it was a Solis, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, she asked a number of questions about people and their relationship with tools. And as it turns out, people are spending far less and using far less than even they thought they were. I always thought that. I just think that's kind of neat. It, it is. It is kind of neat. Um, one of the things that I, I do, you know, lies, damn lies and statistics. And if nothing else, circling back to our introductory conversation, we have learned that polls sometimes suck (laughs) (laughs) indeed um, and then that's not like i mean it it was a great question to ask i find the data interesting but there is also the caveat that people who invest in a lot of tools aren't spending their time doing twitter polls right like they may be running companies and and doing like you may be asking sort of the wrong question to the wrong people it's a i mean it's, it's like a great question to ask but it takes there's only certain people that saw that tweet from Aleda to answer it. I was fascinated That's by true. the information, but one of the first things I ask is, how is this data flawed? Well, there's only certain people that see it. Nonetheless, well, it was quite disproportionate. I, I just, I think that maybe it's a little closer, like less people are spending under 13K, or maybe they are, right? Like maybe, maybe, maybe people are spending less than I, than I think they are on, on tool sets. You know, it could be said though those who are spending a lot of money on tool sets have a lot more time to do Twitter polls. Well, that would be a fairly decent argument, and I they should be so. networking with people like Aleda. <laughs> so, so get over there. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, just made me think. Um, and it, it's probably not going to make me go to check my credit card statement and you know sort of rebalance my assumptions on what I should be spending each month. But it does make me think of, of my daily habits. You know, it does mean, and I, I, it's interesting, I had a much better idea of my answer to her questions, the way they were framed, because I had, I revisited that just recently, pillaged everything I'd been spending money, well, recently, it was about a year ago, but I now have had to set a one-in-one-out, like, rule for myself, like, oh, you really, really want to try out Tool X, I was about to name one, but I won't, because there's lots of good tools out there that I've been interested in, right, you really want to try that one out, which tool do you give up because you can't stockpile tools dave (laughs) right even just like time to actually use them to their full capacity right is it it just diminishes but um anyway so i I, so to to i guess your point is it does you you should sort of re-audit and sometimes i have hit like a oh okay you know what i kind of had two tools that can kind of do the same thing it is worth giving one of them up losing a bit of data but having more i used to use um i had Moz, Ahrefs, and Majestic, all for backlink data. Okay, I wanted a new tool. I won't list which one or ones I, I ended up giving up because that's that's not fair to do because all of them are great tools in their own right. But I gave up the ones that didn't have the data that I needed in exchange for new tools that had brand new things that I didn't have before. <laughs> so um, now that made a lot more sense. I used to do a lot of backlink audits back when there were a lot of backlink penalties go floating around. So I needed as robust data I could get on backlinks. But anyway, um, interesting, interesting information. Where shall we go now? Well, we got a few minutes before we got to jump to a break. So when, okay, 
this might be going back into ancient history for 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 some people. Some you know, some people won't even have lived this history. That's how old our our our, our sector is now. But at one time, if you wanted to put something on the web, you had to hand code it yourself. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You really had to. And then people came along and 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 made things like. Um, it called oh my god i don't even remember the original editors like that we used Geo cities or something like that no it was resident on your computer um uh, forget it was like an adobe product too and i'm totally forgetting now um dreamweaver oh okay Actually, like dreamweaver, dreamweaver so <laughs> um but yeah then they had like but anyway most of us learned to hand code because that was just the fastest, most efficient way to, to get something up on the web. As it turns out, if you want to uh, put something on the uh, web, if you're like in the Google blog, the content management system used to run uh, many of the uh, internal parts of Google are is so old that you've got to hand code it. Isn't that hilarious? I mean, that's, that's, that's for some for some young people today. That's like needing to know Latin, right? Yeah, yeah, and but you know what? Force those whippersnappers to learn. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, somebody who's working at Google, probably like if they don't before it, they, they should know. And I'm only going to imagine that there's a limited amount of HTML that's supported on its way through. <laughs> like, Indeed. Yes. Uh, and given the strictness of Google's like internal style guide, there's only a limited amount of HTML that you actually need. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, EM slash strong. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. Um, I just thought that was actually again another thing that I thought was kind of neat and almost like a like a throwback to the past. Um, when somebody puts something up at Google, when they when they do a blog post, I assure you they really meant it because <laughs> they you had to that's, encode that's the damn thing. Like, it was hard to do. Yeah, um, yeah, and and that's I mean that's I'm sure you used Dreamweaver for the same thing back when it was like CS4 or whatever, right? Or or MX back before they were they were bought by Adobe. Um, and, uh, you know, you sort of go, okay, create a table. Yeah, that's right, kids, tables. Um, <laughs> and you sort of go create table and then get into the code and, and start editing from there. When I first started working with Ross back in uh, 99 or 2000 or something, I remember when he was trying to force me to use Dreamweaver and I wanted to hand code because it just seemed like so much faster and infinitely more convenient. And why would I want to use this damn, I have to spend the time to learn this damn thing. You want me to do all this other stuff too? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's funny because Mary was the same when uh, when I was like, just use Dreamweaver. Why aren't you just using Dreamweaver? She's like, his hand coding's faster and it's cleaner. Like, okay, but you can't and use templates. <laughs> no, and that was that was long before I. You know, that was back when we were young and naive and didn't understand scale. Right. I guess that's it. You need one site to hit scale, and you're like, oh. That's why I learned server side includes, right? You'll remember HTML, right? Like, anyway, we'll 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 let that we'll let that go. For for our, for many of our younger listeners, are like, I don't know anything that they have just said, and uh, you can just chalk that down with three point five percent keyword density and just forget everything that's just happened over the last two minutes. One last thing before we go to commercial, and we really got to go to commercial any second now. Um. Contrary to what the current president of the United States would like you to believe, Google and most search engines don't care if it's all caps in your URLs. So you can't, you can scream at people through your URLs all you want. Nobody will care. Oof. Just thought you might like to know that. And I wanted Oof. to make the crack. <laughs> 
Okay, friends, on that, you are listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 5th of November, 2020, two days after the 3rd of November, 2020, and in the most 2020 way, we haven't a clue what's going on. But we do know that we have to go to commercial and that we're going to be right back after these messages. Stick around. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. For the first time in 37 years, Miami Dade College's week-long celebration of books and writers in downtown Miami, the Miami Book Fair, will be a virtual event for eight days between November 15th and November 22nd, 2020. As the nation's largest and oldest collection of literati, Miami Book Fair 2020 hosts a growing list of more than 200 authors, poets, and moderators in conversation, including poet and novelist Margaret Atwood, novelists Jody Picoult, Dean Kuntz, James McBride, Terry McMillan, Lee Child, singer Lenny Kravitz, actress Natalie Portman, CNN commentator Jeffrey Tubin, poet laureate Joy Harjo, environmental activist Aaron Brockovich, YA sensations Tiffany D. Jackson and David Yoon, among many others. Access to all of Miami Book Fair's 2020 programs will be free the entire week of the fair, November 15th to the 22nd, 2020. A free and civil registration is all that will be required. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFairOnline.com. That's MiamiBookFairOnline.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 5th of November 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. We've, um, we are seriously rounding out the hour, having talked at length about a whole bunch of stuff for the rest of the segments. Um, Microsoft advertising. So we got we got to rush through what we're doing. Um, <laughs> this is really cool. I wish Google did this. They do actually in a way, but Microsoft is um, Microsoft is becoming the new ask, doing real cool stuff better. Um, new promotion extensions. 
Yeah, like, yeah, like, I, I like that. Um, what you can I, do, I like, huh? You're, you're, you're right. I mean, Google has their 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 version of it, and, and it's and it's cool. Um, but I I much prefer Microsoft's. They've taken it sort of a, an extra step forward for listeners. It's it's hard to paint a word picture, obviously, on a podcast. So. Um, if you so go to SC Roundtable, you can SC see an actual picture. You can see an actual picture. Yeah, exactly. But letting you put promotional codes and validation dates, it just it's it's a, and it's location. It's a little more captivating in in my in my opinion from the ones that we use over on um, Google Ads. So yeah, I, I think it was a, it was a nice rollout. Like they do, Bing does or Microsoft Microsoft advertising does tend to do a little follow the leader, right? Like which which I get. Um, one thing that I do hope it works at, and I, I couldn't see whether, whether that is the case here and I haven't had a chance to try it is does the import work, right? Like when you're importing campaigns from Google and if it has a promotion extension over there, does the import function, uh, work it, 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 in the way that it should, or, or it's there serving consistencies and data points. I haven't had a chance to investigate that yet, but, uh, but it'll be interesting. I like it. Hopefully it will. Um, what you will be able to do is uh, be able to show people when things are happening, if there's a special occasion around it, um, what kind of promotion you're offering. So you give me five bucks off, 20% off or whatever. Um, if there's like details they need to have, a promotion code or, or, or something, and the uh, times of promotion. Displaying this right inside the advertisement for the viewer to see helps the viewer make the purchase decision in an obviously timely manner, because you're telling them all the time when they can make it. Yeah, well, and absolutely. And, and speaking as somebody who's used the the Googly variant of this, um, anything you can do, just almost anything you can do to just take, you're just, if nothing else, taking an extra 20 or so pixels of height, right? If nothing else, like let's just view it like that. Your advertisement is now taking 20 extra pixel ish. I mean, I don't know the exact like weights here, but like you're just, you're taking more real estate on that page and, and it's always, it's always worth it. You remember being a kid and going to raffles or something and like your mother or somebody would, would say, Hey, fold that in a weird way when you put it into the jar. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same sort of thinking. It stands out a little bit more and it's more likely to be selected by, but just, just by sensing it. Yep. I always did paper airplanes, right? For that exact, it puffs them up a little bit more. <laughs> did you win so. more often? I don't know if I won more often, but I know that sometimes <laughs> I won, right? But I think sometimes everybody wins, so. <laughs> okay. Well, not every time. Um, if you're an information uh, provider, a uh, publisher, a nonprofit organization, or um, some other organization that somehow makes a business model off of dealing with personal information and you happen to be based in the state of California, you might not feel like you won this morning. You might, in fact, feel um, like your business model has been threatened a little bit because California passed the uh, California Privacy's Rights Act. Um, now, listeners who know who know me and anyway uh, who know the show might think this is weird because I'm sounding like I'm about to come out against privacy. I'm not exactly. But if I am, I'm with a good company, the ACLU, the Green Party, the League of Women Voters would agree with me. Um, the CPRA, the California Privacy Rights Act, is an important thought that steps too far, I think. Um, do, do you know much about C CPRA? 
I was going to say, I'm going to like leave this one to you because I don't. I, I did see this story. I have not had a chance to dig in and then sort of go back and, and then sort of refresh myself on what I think I once knew, but I still don't know that I knew it well enough to, to comment on it. This is a total thumbnail. It's a much more complex issue than I'm able to make it in the couple of minutes that I have to, 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 to talk about it. But basically, California wants to uh, conform its Privacy Act with that of Europe's, which makes good sense. There's a lot of business being done. It's the uh, 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 the networks of business um, on the web um, trying to standardize uh, expectations for corporations acting in different jurisdictions only makes sense to uh, you know standardize the web experience for, for everybody, including uh, small and large businesses. However, um, okay, let me tell you what the, what, the, what, the, what the Privacy Act does really quickly. It'll um, prevents people from sharing personal information, uh, limits use of sensitive personal information, including precise location, race, religion, sexual orientation, social security information, health information, and some other categories of personal info, uh, prohibits retention of uh, personal information for longer than necessary, which is an unspecified time, um, triples penalties for uh, violations involving... Uh, persons under the age of 16, creates a new agency uh, to replace the Attorney General's office to enforce the statute, which um, can get silly, uh, expands private right of action for consumers. You yourself can take action if you feel you've been um, somehow violated under this act, um, and creates new obligations for opt-out links um, if you are working in any way with people's information you have to give them more ways to opt out of giving you the information um it also kind of changes who is covered and who is exempt um it limits a lot of uh former exemptions um but if you drive at least half your annual annual revenue from sharing or selling the personal information of californian consumers you are covered by this. If your business has gross revenue over 25 million, regardless of what you do with people's information, you're covered by this. Um, and if you buy, sell, or share the personal information of more than 100,000 consumers or consumer households, um, then it doesn't matter if you're doing it digitally or um, in paper files, you're covered by this act. Um, the problem with this is think of all the businesses that collect uh, a shopping cart. Think of the way a shopping cart works, how much information it needs to collect and hold on um, on file to not annoy the consumer over and over and over again with the same offerings. As, as a quick off the top of my head example, there's a number of reasons the, CC, the CCPA is, um, or the C, CPRA is a step too far. Um, but it's in it's now legislation. It's now uh, now 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 the law of the land. So there you go. In some ways, so like I, I get I like I, I get both like from your good description and a lot of that sort of fits with what I would think of. I think your example is actually a really 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 strong one. Um, in some ways, though, is like in all of these things, when something's up in the air, it is more trouble than whatever happens when you land, right? I mean, heck, even an election is like that, right? Like to go back, circling back at the end of our, uh, at the end of our hour here to, to the beginning. Yes, everybody in the listening audience will have one way or the other, their recommended victor. 
But regardless of whether it's yours or somebody else's, there will come a time where you go, okay, at least I know what I'm working with, right? Which is what will have been happening here where all of a sudden people go, all right. And they've given me like a good few years to figure this out. <laughs> like the, you know, you got till 2023 to get yourself sorted out here. Um, this is the law of the land. Check your business model. Yeah. Honestly, like, like seriously, if, if your business model involves transferring information, and this is exactly why the ACLU and the Green Party are against it, they make huge money selling lists to each other. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, no. I've been trust me. This is I'm I'm in the nonprofit world in the political world. That is my world, and trust me, we make bank selling information to each other. Right. It's true. Yeah. Um. So that is now that's now protected. We got two minutes left. And uh, I hate to tell you this, I'm fresh out of stories. All right. Well, I will jump in here. It actually relates to a story we sort of talked about earlier. Well, it doesn't relate, but but there's some, some overlapping ideas here. And this is the canonical story that we were talking yes, about. Yes, yes. Um, and it was, all right, over on SE Roundtable, Barry covered. I don't know how many times we can say that in this show, but here we are. Um John Mueller answering the question of why would the homepage outrank internal pages for deeper keywords? I think it's a great question. And, and you know, like I'm, I'm happy to throw stupid questions under the bus. But um, I think it, it is a really, really good question with an important answer that once again sort of points to weaknesses inherent in Google, things that they're probably trying to fix. And then what that might mean are potential weaknesses in your site. So if you have a page on blue widgets, but your homepage still ranks. I, I have a client facing these where their homepage is ranking over specific models that they carry of, of a product, right? Or, or brands where the homepage is just so strong. And that is right to their point. The homepage strength just dominates everything else. Um, then you need to start looking at what is wrong. Now, part of that is Google's problem. They haven't gone, we need to rank you know, the most appropriate page on, on this domain, right? They, they haven't figured that part out yet. But some of that is going to be ours and maybe your link building efforts focusing a little too much on homepage strength and a little not enough focused on the other things that you're trying to accomplish on your site. Oh, my. You know what? I saw that story and I almost and for some reason my mind passed over that because that was almost like just one of those. Well, that's that's obvious. You're going to get some juice where you point those links. Right. Um. And then I remember, oh yeah, just we've been doing this forever. Like this is just stuff that you know that you know, and yeah. you didn't know it before someone told it to you. So I guess there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it is true, and yeah, it is. You and I have been doing link building long enough, and we've been doing content optimization long enough, and we've been doing SEO long enough to go. Yeah, it, like every month, my strategy involves breaking links up and working on different things, and like targeting different areas based on on need and building content just to drive links mm -hmm. like when we're building link bait it'll be in this section of the site because we're trying to boost up that section so we're building things for that section of the site to try and drive links into them if you don't know though you don't know if you're the person asking this question you go why they don't links know are, and, but links are like expressways they point to something and usually when you follow it it will lead you to the thing it points at. <laughs> um, that's the way expressways work anyway. Yeah. And hopefully to fix this in part, you'll take a look at your site and go, well, let's make sure at least my navigation on from my homepage and uh, like my, my hero image or whatever gives people a quick path to where they should go. Uh, so 
you know, sometimes you can get a good lesson in these things. We got to, uh, we got to split. We gone around the whole clock. We do um, friends. <laughs> every week we have to say this and every week, um, the numbers rise. I, uh, well, I'm afraid we're not talking about the, uh, the election, nothing nearly as absurd as, as, as this election. There is a pandemic spreading through the land this week. The United States had over a thousand person, a hundred thousand persons a day infected with COVID-19. It's real. It doesn't matter if it's political anymore. The stupid election is over. They're counting the ballots now. Wear a mask. It won't make a difference to the outcome of the election. Wear a goddamn mask and stop the spread and don't hurt your neighbors. Wash your hands. Take care. Rank well. Be kind to each other. And for God's sake, please wear a mask in public. Or even better, avoid public. Stop the spread of this disease and let's get control of our economy again. On behalf of Dave Davies for Beats Like Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Web Culture at WebmasterRadio.fm on the 5th of November 2020. We're back again next week. Stay well. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Webmaster